This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What would you do if you witnessed an urban legend come to life right before your eyes? Would you ever go hiking late at night? What if you heard children's giggling out deep in the woods? Today, we test the believability of the phantom blue light and the faceless gray shadow man. Welcome to Believing the Bizarre, where we dive into the unknown and the unusual and tell you whether or not we find it believable. That is right. It's Tuesday. It's getting closer to nice season time. What kind of sentence was that? I'm just saying like it's well, it bounces from really hot to really cold. It's that in between where you're like, am I going to need my hoodie? I'm going to bring it brain to work and then you leave in the car. It's a teaser, too, because I like my night walks and I haven't been able to do it the last cold, right? Yeah, it's been the 30s where it was like 75 and and, uh, cloudy, I guess, because the clouds keep the heat down. But anyways, we're getting closer to all warm time, wherever you are. Hopefully that's the case. What would you say? Nice almost weather season time? Mm Mm-hmm. It's true though. It sounds like a oh, <laughs> sounds like a Russian mystery. A Russian mystery. <laughs> yeah. It's Chekhov. Welcome to the almost nighttime nice weather. <laughs> that is not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the phantom blue light and the faceless gray shadow man. Before what a mouthful. Before we hopped on to record here, I told Charlie that it kind of sounds like a band name. <laughs> it sounds like a concept album. Yeah, this is listener submission stories. Which if if you're new here. What we do is, uh, well, actually what y'all do is if you go to believeinthebazaar.com, go to submit your experience with as much detail as possible. People fill out our form and tell us their spooky, creepy stories. And then we tell them on the podcast. It happens every third episode. If you, Isn't that specific? If, if you pay attention. Yeah, it does. Is every, it? Okay. Not to throw out our algorithm out there, but I believe it's every third episode. And there's some of our favorites. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're incredible stories. Because they're stories, right? They're enc- they're mostly yeah. encounters. They're not like, here's the legend of yeah. the Jersey Devil. Here's Mothman. And those are excellent. Those are great. We've already done them. But you know, when you get a when you get a good listener submission story, and most of them are good, and it just puts you right in. The, it's like you're playing first person. Yeah. Well, it's this it's element of like not to talk up listener episodes the whole time before we start one. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, this one. <laughs> but you know. but it gives you that element of like you didn't hear it from. Some random dude on the internet. This is someone who says they experienced it 
And this is what happened. And they're a little bit random and they're a little bit stranger from the internet. Yeah. But they still took the time to go to our website and fill it out. That's right. So, I, yeah, this is like a first person, like you are in the game. Yes. Which most yeah. horror games have been doing lately. Although I just started the new Resident Evil remake. Oh, Resident Evil 4. Oh. Was it yesterday you started? So good. Nice. So good. But with that said, let's get into our listener submission stories. All right. I got two stories for you from two different people. And I'll be honest, I pick them randomly, but they also complement each other really well. Oh, that's nice. They're that's nice when they like fit. Not based on topic, based on both stories involve three friends, one that leans more believable, one that leans more skeptical, and then one kind of in the middle. Three friends that kind of go somewhere and then something happens to them. Okay. I don't know what happened, but this is like the perfect angle to see your, I'm going to say it, beautiful green eyes. Are they green today? Yes. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. So let's get into our first story that takes place around Hillsboro, Illinois. Where is that? Where is that? Is that by Chicago? It, it must be because Chicago is Illinois. Right. Uh, I actually have it in here where I was, I was writing about it is that Chicago is always going to be one of those, those cities that overlap the state. Yes. Like there's, there's what other, what other Indianapolis like Indiana's in it, but yes. I still think Indianapolis overlaps Indiana. I confuse Indiana, Indiana and Illinois all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. It's do. pretty much just Chicago and Indiana. And uh, but you know what the problem is is, and and I apologize to anyone from Indiana. When you drive to Chicago or Illinois from Ohio, you just forget that you have to pass through Indiana. <laughs> but it goes by way. so fast. I've been that way in years. I've been so that I... way so many times. I feel like anyway. So Hillsboro, it's apparently it's a small town. Like she says, there's only 6,000 people in it. And this is brought to us by Bailey. Oh, oh, hello. Hello, Bailey. This uh, is her story from Illinois in 2012. So it was a little over 10 years ago as of the recording of this podcast. Small town, 6,000 people. So she's in high school and like many teens, she had a part-time job while in school. Oh, 2010? And, yeah. I was not in high school in 2010. That was my first year of college. Mine too. First year. Yeah. Yeah, this takes place apparently in 2010. Or she meant the 2010s and and accurately in 2012. Mm. Somewhere between 2010 and 2012. All right, somewhere in there. But she worked in a movie theater. Oh. Fun fact, I always liked the idea of working at a movie theater specifically because of Drake and Josh. Because Josh worked (laughs) at a movie theater. Yeah. Like, it seemed like a chill, really cool place to work. And um, spoiler alert, I never worked at a movie theater, but in high school, I specifically remember going past one of my best friend's locker, Bilby, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, dude, I'm working at the movie theater. (laughs) I was just like, what? And I was so jealous. Dude, that was the job in high school. I didn't even know they were hiring. Yeah, I I knew a couple people that worked there and they were so, I wouldn't say they were cool, but like they had the coolest job. Yeah, listen, there's like not many things in where I'm from, the small town I'm from, but we did have a movie theater and I didn't know they were hiring. And then I ended up doing a different restaurant. I did work at a movie theater when I was a little you older. You did? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. It was chill. It was actually, yeah, it was pretty chill. Between the movies, it was super chill. You started a different podcast at that time, I right? did. Yeah, I did. That was like my inspiration to start a podcast with yeah. my manager there. Yeah. Good dude, Aaron. I don't know if he'll ever hear this. Shout out Bilby, who uh, worked at the movie theater. But anyway, so Bailey also worked at a movie theater. She got to live my high school dream which is cool and awesome. And she said it was cool. She got free popcorn. She got candy, soda, and she could watch movies pretty much whenever she wanted. And the owners of the movie theater were even cool enough to let her bring her friends in after hours to watch movies or play games on the big screen. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Oh, one time when I was working in the movie theater, um, yeah. Baby Driver came out. Okay. And we all wanted to see it, like everyone in the movie theater. Yeah. So we actually had like a late night screen for just the people in the movie theater. That's cool. It was really cool. My friend Scott, I don't know if he owned or he was the manager. He's probably the manager of a movie theater nearby where I grew up. Not the one that Bilby worked at. And uh, we played rock band. That's cool. And That's it, a lot of fun. The problem is, is that all the instruments were wireless except for the microphone. Yeah. So everybody was down in the theater. Uh-huh. But the, the Xbox had to be plugged in up where like it ran. Yeah. So the singer was like up in the box <laughs> up top while like all the, the instruments were down oh, walking around. It's a little bit of a bummer, but it's okay. Yeah. But you know, it, it is what it is. That's pretty much like her mindset with this. It was like that small town. People be like, oh, Bailey's working. Cool. Let's stop by and catch a movie or, you know, play a game when she gets off like that. It feels like it'd be a Netflix TV show. Like, we're, mm-hmm. oh, Bailey's working there. Let's go hang out, kick it and then go to a diner or something. Kick. Yeah. Small town vibes. So two of Bailey's friends, Taylor, who was nicknamed Tej, and Justin, stopped by one night and they hung out in the movie theater lobby with Bailey as they were waiting for the final movie to end. So they were shooting the breeze, talking about whatever they talk about in uh, Chicago. Aren't Michael Jordan? Aren't, not Chicago, but see, I did it. Illinois. <laughs> I, they probably all still talk about Michael Jordan. That's all I hear about. <laughs> aren't aren't nicknames supposed to make, make your name easier to say? Um, well, I feel like that made it a lot harder. Taylor is two syllables and Tej is one, so it is removing one syllable. The the emphasis you got to put on Tej, yeah, makes it feel like it's. Well, hard. I want to make sure I, I said it. I didn't want people to be like, "What was it?" Tej. There's also nicknames in the next story too. There's a lot of parallels apparently. Okay. So they're shooting the breeze, talking about Michael Jordan, whatever. <laughs> and uh, actually, probably that time it's probably Derek Rose. But uh, Tej decided to tell Bailey and Justin about a spooky story that he heard about the area. He said that there was this rumor on the DL that there were these random, unexplainable lights that appear in this old cemetery that was just outside of their town, Hillsboro. Where and okay, no, no, you had a thought. Did where did he hear it from? He heard it. It was a rumor. <laughs> it was on the D- Reddit. I don't know. Actually, I don't think it was on Reddit because I looked and I didn't see it on Reddit. Maybe like classroom. I don't. It's, it's a high school. Teach made it up. <laughs> Teach was bored. And uh, he didn't want to watch the movie. I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, like, were there any rumors about things where you grew up? Yeah, of course. I, I think I've mentioned this one before, but the rumor that the one road by the by the the canal was haunted. If you drive there at midnight, you yeah. see a ghost. Where'd that come from? I assume some assholes made it up. Yeah. So maybe maybe Teach wasn't the asshole that made it up, but he heard it from the asshole that made okay. it. Okay. Well, okay. So in Bailey's words, Tej was a pathological liar. Oh, shit. Maybe he was the asshole. And uh, and she pretty much doubted most things that came out of his mouth. Okay. Plus, she figured with him maybe being late and trying to kill time that he would, you know, maybe try and make up this strange, spooky story that, of course, took place at a nearby cemetery. However, her other friend Justin cut in and defended Tej's story, and he claimed that he heard about this thing, too. So I feel like we got, like, a devil and, like, an angel on his shoulder. But they're both, but they're both saying the same thing. Yeah, that's that's the unique part. It's like the devil's like, oh, there's this haunted cemetery. You should go to it. She's like, no, and the angel's like, well, it's true. It's pretty haunted. (laughs) It's pretty spooky. It feels like that on that one scene in Emperor's New Groove, where the devil and the angel like agree, like that's messed up. Yeah, that's that's messed up. That's a good movie, Uh, David Spade. So in her mind, Justin chiming in gave it a little bit more credibility, but Bailey called her bluff, and she was like, fine. Then as soon as she was done finishing. Up, closing up the theater, cleaning and all that stuff, they'd head out to the cemetery and see for themselves. So they agreed and the plans were set. 
I would be hyped in this situation. One, because I think like Bailey, I wouldn't necessarily believe it, but it's just a thrill of going somewhere to find out, right? Doing something after work was always fun. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I can't wait to get off work to do this. And mm-hmm. even if you didn't think necessarily, like when you, me, and Ethan went to go look for the witch's grave, like I didn't think it was going to be a haunted grave, mm-hmm. but it was the thrill of us going to look for it. That was scary. I made me very angry that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the final movie finished. Bailey cleaned and quickly locked up everything. And at this point, it's like 1 a.m. Okay. But they stuck their plans. Justin and Tej were waiting for Bailey in the parking lot. She had no idea what to expect. She had no idea where this night was going to take them. But for some semblance of control on her part, she decided that she would offer to drive them. So they agreed, and they all squeezed in the front of her dad's F-150 pickup. I was going to say, why did they get in the front? They should have made Tej right in the back. In, like, the bed? Yeah. <laughs> Just bumping. <laughs> yeah. So they packed in the front seat, headed off to this local cemetery with the moonlight guiding their way. God, this feels like this is taking place in like Alabama. No, but if, I mean, it's like rural Illinois. I feel yeah. like not all Illinois is Chicago, no, even though you might believe it is. Right, exactly. I, I, there is, it is rural. It's pretty rural. I would assume it's decently rural. We had that one story that took place in rural Illinois as well. This is the doppelganger ones. Oh, okay. I never, I remember the stories, but I don't remember always where they take place. But it's a cool setting, right? Like it's like this is like the teenage show like that I like watching. It's the start of the horror movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, like these friends, one of them's got a job, the other two show up. It's like when they when they somebody crawls through the window of their friend's house and it's just like, oh hey, you're here. You know, like in the nineties and stuff, this is obviously not the nineties. Yeah. It's like Clarissa explains it all, where the dude would climb through the window. You know what I'm talking about. Wow. You know what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's just my friends are just going to show up here and we're going to do some crazy stuff when I get off work. Like, I yeah. love that vibe. I think it's because we're so busy now yeah. that we have to like. It's like a craving for it. Like, we would have to be like, hey, friend, do you want to go <laughs> ghost hunting sometime next month uh, between the hours of 10 and maybe 11? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is just like, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. Nothing. Love that. I eat it up. I'm very excited. So they're driving. They're driving. It's about a 20 minute drive. Old, dark country roads and they come to a bridge at the bottom of this hill and the bridge was surrounded by woods and the cemetery they were heading to was the top of the hill cool that sounds scary yeah so the bridge looked really really old and uh, they were a little bit nervous to cross it they didn't know whether or not it would hold the truck's weight so bailey parked the truck in front of the bridge teach turned to her and told her to turn the truck off and that they would continue by foot so they're in the truck Mm -hmm. parked in front of this rickety old bridge which was right the base of this hill and at the top of the hill is a cemetery just again to set this scene i feel like if it was that rickety the government would have like quarantined it off that's true i mean there's got to be some way for people to lay flowers and stuff maybe this was like a back way to maybe I mean, who knows I, that's just sounds sketchy i've never heard anything only that sedans bad. from here on out <laughs> keep your trucks out But the idea of walking and actually just leaving the car in general, even though she was still skeptical, made her feel a bit uneasy. Yeah. Because honestly, it's like, okay, whether or not there's this strange light like they're talking about, this is still, it's dark, it's late. I mean, at this point, it's probably like 1.30. So walking over a decrepit bridge into a creepy, potentially haunted cemetery, spooky, she didn't really want to do it. Starting to freak her out. And she told the guys that she would rather just chill out and wait in the truck. She wasn't sure if they were scared themselves or if they just didn't want to leave her behind, but they caved and they decided to hang out with her in the car too. So no one went? So no one went. They're oh, just, they're just okay. chilling in a truck. Okay. 
And for about five minutes, it was just three of them quietly sitting there. It's late at night in front of this bridge and the cemetery. But the tension was broken by the sight of a few fireflies, which were, for Bailey, kind of like a welcoming comfort. I mean, everyone likes fireflies, at right? one in the morning? That's a little weird. Are they normally, like, twilight? Like, yeah, it's a twilight thing. Yeah. I've, have you ever seen them at twilight? Oh, like, yeah. They're... Like, not them, but, like, light up an area. Yeah, it's gorgeous. We saw them one time at Observatory Park, which is a, a dark, the best dark park in Ohio. Literally, it was like twinkle lights in the trees. It was amazing. But you're right. This is pretty late. That's a good point. But maybe, but they're on different times, though. It's, it's, <laughs> it's central time. So maybe they go a little yeah, bit Yeah, those are Ohio and... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you catch Derek Rose. So thinking back to the story while they're sitting there and she's looking at these fireflies, she leaned back and looked at Tej and said, hey, maybe, maybe these fireflies are what people claim to see, right? But before he could answer, he pointed up at the top of the hill by the cemetery, and his mouth was wide open. Bailey couldn't believe what she saw. There was a giant blue light. Almost as if the light knew it had been spotted and had witnesses, several more blue orbs popped up in the woods around them, and then suddenly even more in the cemetery up ahead. The lights looked like they were blinking, but it also could have just been the fact that they were moving in and around the woods and the trees were blocking their light. Here's a quote from Bailey. Quote, I started freaking out and was screaming at both of them and I told them that if they were playing a prank on me, it wasn't funny and that I was leaving. I tried starting the truck, but it turned once and then died. Tej had a shocked look on his face, which only made me more anxious. At this point, I was crying, borderline hysterical, and kept pumping the gas when turning the key. I didn't look up. I didn't want to. Finally, after what felt like forever, the truck started. I looked up and saw that the main blue light that was at the top of the hill was now in the middle of the bridge, and it seemed to have taken the shape of a blue light but see-through torso with head and arms. At this point, I had no clue what was happening, but I just had a really bad feeling and knew I needed to get out of there. Tej was yelling at me to stay there, that he wanted this thing to get closer, but I wasn't listening. I was shaking as I threw the truck in reverse and sped back the way we came. Unquote. So what are your thoughts on that little bit right there? I actually have a theory about what this is. That's not ghosts. Okay. Are you going to... Are you want to say that for a discussion? I could or I could talk about it now. What do you think? Well, let's get to the end of the... Okay. The end of her words. The ride back to the theater was incredibly quiet. Everyone was shocked and trying to process their emotions and make sense of what just happened. Bailey dropped Tej and Justin off at their car and drove home immediately. Naturally, she couldn't sleep that night. Instead, she laid in bed all night on her computer, researching for any sort of solution, idea, or explanation as to what she saw. Could have been angels, demons, spirit orbs, aliens. Honestly, she had no idea, and there were no easy answers on the web. It really kind of still felt like bullshit to her, like it wasn't actually real. Maybe she was just trying to cope with everything and trying to justify her experience, but it was hard for her to find anything to grasp onto. The next morning, she was exhausted, obviously, but she wanted to tell her best friend, Brittany, about everything that happened. She knew that she'd believe her, and maybe she could even help make sense of it. She met up at her house and told her everything. As soon as she finished the story, Brittany asked Bailey to take her to the cemetery, and so she did. They parked in the front of the bridge again, and with it being day, she felt comfortable enough to cross the bridge and walk up to the cemetery. For them, 
it was investigation time. They looked for LED lights on tombstones. They looked for flashing lights. They even looked for footprints in the mud that maybe indicated that there was someone up there the previous night that was really just pranking Bailey and her friends. However, they didn't find a single piece of evidence to disprove her otherworldly experience. The cemetery was also too far away from any major road for it to have been any headlights or for any type of vehicle lights to reflect or anything like that. Okay. Like it was, And it wasn't like a foggy night where lights would carry through the fog or anything like that. It was a pretty clear night. So just it wasn't any faraway vehicles making these lights. So ending with a final quote from Bailey. Quote, I've shared this story with a number of friends since then, and the only logical explanation for what I saw was that maybe it could have been will-o'-wisps. But that wouldn't make a ton of sense because it wasn't a marshy area, even though it was wooded. I'm not sure if any of your other listeners have experienced something similar or if you've heard of this before, unquote. And just to for the people that didn't know, because I didn't know, will-o'-wisps are a phosphorescent light seen hovering or floating all night or over marshy ground thought to be a result from combustion of natural gases. I looked up the cemetery. I asked her for what exactly the name of the cemetery was, checked yeah. it out. Reddit, online, I didn't see anything about an urban legend. That doesn't mean it's not true. Right. It just means it hasn't broke its way into the Google. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed you said Will-O-Wisps. That's what I was going to say. Really? Yeah, I think it's Will-O-Wisps. Okay. I don't think it necessarily has to be over marshy grounds. So what is, I mean, I just pulled a, a, a definition, but what is, explain it in your, okay. in your words. Okay, from my understanding, it's fairy lights. Lights from the from the fairy folk. That are either an attempt to ward off people or attempt to guide people deeper into their area to possibly get them to enter their their realm. Or a combustion of natural gases. No. <laughs> no, it's fairies. I think it's fairy. I really do. I, I do because this is uh, rural. There's a lot of places where earth spirits can dwell in this area. And I, it makes sense. Also, the idea that it didn't. It didn't go past the river. It didn't cross the river. What river? The the you said the bridge. I I didn't say it was over water. But I there's assume. A bridge. I okay. assume. I I can't say it's not over water. Okay. It's yeah. So I mean, I know, listen. I love when there's a theory that both sides of like the science versus paranormal, and I know I know they can overlap. I love when there is like a phenomenon and both sides try to claim it, and I think that's mm-hmm. super cool because. This says it's like natural gas combustion, blah, blah, blah. You believe it's fairy. And yeah. it's crazy to think that it could have been that. But and, and everybody could agree on that. But then there's just two different sides to it. I love that. I think that's awesome. I, I think it could be it could have been an attempt to lure the group closer. So what do you think would have happened if they would have stayed? If they would have stayed? I think I don't want to say the lights would have done like a come hither, but they would have been tantalizing. Mm. I think it would have tantalized the group to... To go up. To go. And then they drive and then the bridge breaks. I don't know how you enter the fairy realm. I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then they would have found some food and they would Mm have ate the food and been stuck in the fairy world. It would be like a nice little picnic laid out for them on the hill. They would have been stuck in the fairy world. That's what happened. I really do think it was Will the Wisp. That's what it sounds like because that's also typically not just like a fire. It's like a colored fire. Mm. So blue. Blue or green. I definitely think there's merit to that because that's exactly what they thought too. So I think it's cool because 
I was going to have you say what it was, but I also want to get to the end of it. Yeah. I believe that that's what you were thinking. I don't think there was any bias there. But I think that's awesome that she had that experience and you heard the story and you guys both came to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. It's interesting that Tej really wanted to stay. Maybe he was being more affected by it than she was. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Tej got this more of an effect. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he would have got out. What would have happened? I wonder how much they've talked about this personally because... This is almost one of those cases where did they all see the same thing? I I wonder, because she did call him a pathological liar, I wonder if they're still close. <laughs> I don't know. This was a long time ago. It was you know, over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I mean, it was a quiet ride home, and I get that. But I wonder if, re- not recently, but after that experience, they talked about it. Because it'd be crazy if, like, she started seeing a torso and a head, and he's like, I saw a, a you know attractive woman or something. Like yeah. That. Like, what mm-hmm. if they each saw something different? Something different. Yeah. To like almost inte- antagonize, like entice them over. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say it. they've seen like ghosts after, like a ghost from the cemetery, like followed them. Mm-mm. That'd be scary. Not that, not that I know of. So that's Bailey's story. Let's move on to story number two. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So this is our second story of the episode. Our second story of three friends going on a little bit of an adventure. All right. So this comes to us from Brandy. It takes place... 10 miles out of the Nantahala Outdoor Center, which is in North Carolina, and it's part of the, as I would say, Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> Appalachian? Careful. That's is it Appalachian? Is apple, that- what you told me was Appalachia. Appalachian. An Appalachia. Appala- so, yeah. Appalachian. Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian. That will never not sound gross. Yeah. Appalachian Mountains. That's, I mean, we, we're all talking about the same thing, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, I, like, I, I want to say it right because that's Brandy probably says it Appalachian. Oh, speaking of Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> the Appalachians? Yeah. I saw a TikTok. It was really creepy. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the things that say your names? The third, heard of the phenomenon of the, of the things that say your names while you're in the forest? Hmm. But apparently there's a reason why they say your name. Mm-hmm. And this girl was talking about how they say your name because they've been following you. Oh. They don't just know your name. They've been stalking you. That's why they know your name. Let me just tell you how absolutely relevant that is to what we're going to talk about in the next 15 minutes. Is it not? It incredibly is. Okay, cool. I, You know what? That's what we call in the radio business as a teaser. <laughs> Did we just have like a mind meld right now? 
Yeah. No, listen, I'm impressed because you brought that out and you brought the will of the wisp out. Like you are, uh, you know, this is, this is good. We are on one wavelength. That's here. awesome. Yeah. So this takes place as of the recording of this podcast last year in 2022. Okay. Or in North Kakalak, <laughs> Appalachian Mountains. We both love North Carolina. Love North Carolina. Might be our next home. Knock on, you know, yeah. who knows? I'll be going there in a couple of months. But anyway, so Brandy and her two friends were hiking through the Appalachian Trail. So what's unique about this group is that they all had hiking nicknames. They were all Teach. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So Brandy was known as Blueberry. Oh, that's cute. Then she had a friend called Passion Fruit. Oh. And then they had a friend called Rock. Okay. It's much tougher than those two things. Yeah. Just for context, Brandy is the most skeptical out of the group. Passion fruit is kind of in the middle, like sensitive, but not overboard. Rock is like full on crypto, cryptids, fairies. Okay. I you like know. rock. Yeah. You'll, you'll identify with rock, I think. But that's our group. That's our hiking group. Brandy, passion fruit, and rock. And I'm, I'm, le- I'm letting you to make this decision, Charlie, for the remainder of this episode. Uh, it's like a choose your own adventure type thing. Okay. Do you want Brandy to be referred to as Brandy or do you want her to be referred to as Blueberry? I'm letting you decide. Let's do, we're going to talk about the other two with their hiking names. Let's talk about Brandy with Blueberry. Okay. So just, you know, I, I don't want that person like skips forward, like, you know, five times. And then I'm, I start saying Blueberry thought this and like, like the f- are they talking about? <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize it right now for the remainder of this episode. Brandy is Blueberry. And so it's Blueberry, Passion Fruit, Rock. Three friends. Hiking, North Carolina. You with me? I'm with you. All right, cool. And what were you saying? Something about like names called out, stalking you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do, do you have answers for me about um, that? Did they have answers? Don't say it now, but do you do you know more than what you just said? A little bit. Okay. I expect that at the end then. Okay. A little answer. So the first day of their trail, they had an awesome time hiking. This is the beginning, like the start of their trail. They have lots of laughs. There were good sights, I assume. I love North Carolina. I hope they had a good time. But then they stopped in this town. They, she didn't say what town. She just said they stopped in a town. They had a lot of fun. They had too much fun. And it actually pushed back their timeline. Like, they had a whole plan on, like, this trip, this hiking trek that they were going to do. And how long is it going to take them to get to each place and how many miles they want to do each day. So they wanted to go 12 miles that day. But they spent so much time at this town that there was like no way they were going to be able to do it. It was going to shift their whole schedule. So instead, rather than lose that time and mess up their entire schedule, they were like, why don't we just go on our first ever nighttime hike? Oh, no. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, why not? This feels like a bad idea. Doesn't part of it sound a little thrilling, though? Yeah. I could see the appeal. Yeah. I could and, see and you're the with appeal. Friends. You're not doing it alone. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, you know what? Let's enjoy ourselves now and let's just, just do it later. So they stayed. Um, they had a really good dinner. They watched the sunset together as friends and it was all good. And I think that'd be fun. I think once you make that conscious decision, you're not like, oh crap, we're behind. Instead, it's the conscious decision of we're going to enjoy our time here. Like it may, like we used to go get dinner before going ghost hunting. It's just that like the calm, the laughing before the work, even yeah. though, you know, I, I say work in quotes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that like we're going to enjoy ourselves and do this thing before we go out and do this other thing. It's just always a good time. Mm-hmm. So once the sun finally disappeared beyond the horizon, they put their headlamps on and they began their trek. 
So Blueberry admits that she was really, really excited. By the way, I just want you to know, I literally every time for the rest of my notes, I wrote Brandy slash Blueberry because I didn't know which one you were going to (laughs) pick. I was betting on Blueberry, but I didn't want to mess myself up. Okay. So she was really excited because this was a totally new thing for her. Like they've gone on many hikes before. Obviously, they've, they've come up with nicknames for themselves. But the night hike, very different experience. But she was also a little nervous. Yeah. Which I think is valid. I mean, you never know what type of terrain might creep up on you. This isn't a trail they've done a million times. Like, this is new stuff. It's different animals. Exactly. Nocturnal animals. You have no idea what animals you're going to walk into. Mm-mm. Like the wampus cat. Or a bear. Or a bear. <laughs> One of those is more likely than the other. <laughs> Here's a quote from Blueberry. As I was hiking, I felt this weight on me for the first time. I started to imagine what it would be like if I died on the trail. How my family would feel. Bad, bad thoughts. This made me think of my recently deceased grandmother. I was deep in mourning thought, feeling really glum when I met up with passion fruit. I actually began talking and crying, which is very unlike me. And she consoled me and we discussed it. Unquote. So this led to Blueberry asking passion fruit if she also felt, in her words as she described it, civil war vibes. Everything felt really, really heavy. And these thoughts about death and like this connection to a grandmother was really powerful. But it was almost like this weighted external force was pushing down on her and kind of causing all these emotions. Was his area associated with the Civil War? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I think it was her it was her way of saying, I think, sorrow. Okay. I think that was just a phrase that she used. I don't think it was like actually part of the Civil War. It's yeah. Just, okay. That was just her way. But of there's like it. this heaviness about them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I and it feels external. Yeah. It doesn't feel like like I don't think she just randomly is like I'm hiking then I think of my grandmother and I start crying. Yeah. And based on the way that she phrased it, she doesn't seem like someone who just naturally starts crying. She kind of unleashed all of those thoughts and those, those emotions on passion fruit, and she was hoping that passion fruit would have some idea. Because, like, she was the middle ground. Like, like uh, Blueberry is the skeptical person, or as my son calls him, Blues. <laughs> and Passion Fruit was, like, the middle ground. Like, not not off, like, <laughs> like for a boat analogy, Blueberry's in the crow's nest or tucked away inside in the cabin. And I feel like Passion Fruit is, like, on the edge of the boat, like, looking at the water, maybe feeling it splash up. And rock is like in the in the water swimming. In the if paranormal is the water, that's gotcha. like the, he's just gone. Yeah. So she was hoping since she was more sensitive, she would have some type of agreement if if it was true. And passion fruit nodded and agreed that the heaviness that Blueberry was feeling was real, or at least to them it was real. <clears throat> so as they were talking and kind of going over her emotions, maybe why they were feeling this way and agreeing with this external weight that they were feeling on them. Rock ran back to them because he was up ahead. He ran back with a very grim and serious expression on his face. All he said to them was, quote, don't run, don't whistle, and if you hear your name, no, you didn't, unquote. And then he took off without missing a beat and started hiking up ahead of them. <laughs> He's like, bye. <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's heavy. Yeah, and now you can see how it, uh, that tracks because whistling is another uh element of that yeah of that something in the appalachian woods wants you yeah it's creepy too because like i mean the whole thing's creepy and i see i'm good i can't whistle you know what would be the creepiest thing (laughs) what for you 
if you were out camping or hiking and like you saw me in the woods and I was whistling. And if you knew I couldn't whistle. Yeah. Like you just have that moment where you're staring eye face to face with somebody and they're doing something that shows you that it's not that real person. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's Stephanie can't whistle either. I got a dumb mouth. (laughs) It don't do much. (laughs) (laughs) So Blueberry was obviously confused. She was concerned about his demeanor. And I mean, she's already like she just she was crying. And so she's she was a little kind of upset about it because in her mind, we're already on edge. I'm already experiencing these heavy thoughts. What is the point of you saying that to us? Like, why are you trying mm-hmm. to scare us? Are you trying to rile us up? And you didn't even explain yourself. Did he not like see the situation he was talking? He was they were they were going through or I think in his mind, nothing that she could have been crying about and confiding in passion fruit would have been as serious as what he thought was happening. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, you know, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't have a good analogy. Like he, he recognized it, but he didn't think it was, it was more important to say that thing. Yeah. It'd be like if you spilt milk, but you had a gas leak in your house, it's like, okay. forget the milk, right? I see. Don't cry like, over that. Yeah. Cry over a gas leak. Yeah. That so she but she you know she doesn't know the severity of what's happening or if anything is happening in her mind he came up said that left she's upset and it's like what is going on so regardless like mission is still we need to get our twelve miles in and as confused as they were they weren't going to get answers by just standing there with him ahead so they decided to trudge on with their path as they went through a thicket a uh, whippoor which is a bird apparently I didn't know that okay I had to look it up. I believe you. It's a bird. It started calling out to them. Like, not like, hey guys, you know, it was saying, it was saying it's tweet. Maybe we can find it online and put it here. (laughs) Sounds like, hey buddy. It's like, what's your name? (laughs) Can you whistle? (laughs) But it just made them like, it was, I think it sticks in their mind. And this wasn't what they said. This, I think it stuck in their mind because it made them jump. They're already antsy and they're on red alert. And this, I think the only reason this bird sticks in their mind is because it was a noise that they weren't expecting. Well, has the sun set already? Yeah. So it's nice. They might have disrupted the bird though, like where it was at. That's still weird though, I think. For Some a bird. birds are lower. Okay. There's that there's a bird that'll pretend like it's injured if you get too close to its nest so that the prey takes the bird instead of the Oh, that's stupid. I'm not saying that this well, it's not it's, it's <laughs> preserving the babies. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Then there's no so nothing for the babies. They're they're jumpy, they're antsy, and they hear this bird and like, okay, let's go. And then but beyond that, the heaviness around them seems to grow even stronger. And more so than that, they start feeling as if they're being watched by something. Just that dreadful feeling that something's eyes are on you, but you can't see them. And they'd seen a lot of crosses on the trail, apparently. But as they caught up to Rock, he quietly mentioned to them that in this area, there were more of these crosses that appeared along the path. So what initially seemed kind of interesting, or maybe even pleasant... Soon was kind of interpreted like, is this a warning or was there a need for additional protection? Like, what are these crosses doing here? But even so, Passion Fruit didn't really believe kind of like the mindset he was going on. She still thought that Rock was messing with them, was trying to get them all riled up, you know, to freak them out. But Blueberry knew Rock very, very well. And she could see that he was being dead serious. She could tell by how he looked and the way he spoke. He wasn't messing around. And that scared her even more. They kept hiking until they were close enough to the next shelter to feel a little bit safer, a little bit more at ease. 
but also far enough away that their lights, their headlights, anything they, any lights they made setting up their tents and stuff, it wouldn't disturb anyone else nearby. Although, one thing that they almost forgot about, bear bags. They're out hiking, you know, bears be out there. Mm-hmm. More so than the Wampus guy. So, what that meant is that they essentially had to backtrack a little bit, find a tree to lasso their supplies up. Mm, okay. Yeah. All of the peace of mind that Blueberry experienced when they decided that this is where we're going to stay all together, camping, safe, all disappeared because they had to go back into the dark woods. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So she described the feeling like she was on the absolute precipice of fear and literally almost suggested just abandoning the bear bags altogether, just being like, screw it. Like, if the bears take it, so be it. Because the heaviness loomed even stronger. While they're watching Rock throw the bear line over the tree branch, passion fruit and blueberry are just quickly shifting their glances in all directions of the forest, just like checking the ground, checking their bearings. Is there anyone around us? That feeling of just like, a weight on your chest and just feel like eyes are piercing you from different angles. And it's just that creepiness. And it's just like, come on, bear, get it up there. Let's go. And a moment later, the fear began to even amplify further. Here's a quote from Blueberry. Suddenly, there was a call out from the woods. To me, it almost sounded like kids' laughter. But when I later mentioned that's how I perceived it to the others... Rock quietly yet firmly stated that was not children's laughter. Maybe this was a coyote or something yipping in the distance, but it didn't feel right. I'm pretty much bouncing on my toes at this point to go back to my warm, safe hammock. I even suggest literally ditching the bear bag filled with all our food for the night. I did not want to be in the woods anymore. Stories of skinwalkers started bubbling to my mind, but I pushed them back, not wanting to invite anything. We hung the bear bag and each went to bed in our respective shelters. Unquote. That's, How do you feel about that? That's, um, I'm going to go terrible. I wonder if the others heard the same thing. They must have heard laughing also. They heard something for sure. That would be such a diff. I totally get the, just leave the stuff. I would have left it. It's like the, <laughs> the chance. I know you would have. It's like the chances of like, it's, it's kind of like you're battling worst case scenario. Like, what are the chances a bear rummages through our bag and gets all our food versus something terrifying out here gets us? The bear is probably, I hate saying more likely, in, in a, on a given day, more likely a bear. In this very, very specific situation, though, and when you're feeling that way, right? Like, we're, yeah. up, we're up in my attic, you know, we're chilling, we got lights on. We're like, yeah, just put it up. Big deal. Uh, no. I know, I, I know. I, you, someone might be thinking that. You could think that, you not me. Think that, I not would you. say you leave it and run. Yeah. Because she's right. She's on the edge there. Almost out of the domain of whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go back. Oh it's it, like Resident Evil. It's like he forgot the one valve pipe you needed. Mm-hmm. You got to go back in the room. And it's just like, I don't want to. <laughs> That's when you save the game and you stop. But they couldn't yeah. do that. No. You got to pick up more ammo. Yeah. But they got it done. They got their bear bag up. They got in their tents. But that night, Blueberry kept hearing a tapping sound on her hammock. Coming from the side of her shelter that faced the woods. Then, a little while later, one of the corners for fly, which is the part of the, I think it's the part that stops the rain from your tent. It's like there's the tent and then there's like the the thing over it. I think that's the fly. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. The corner of it became untethered. And not only has that never happened to her before, but realistically she thought it would really only happen during a strong breeze 
and it was a calm, windless night. So what would untether the corner of it? So a chill ran down her spine. She felt as though she was being hunted, as if whatever it was wanted her to investigate what happened to her shelter, to leave it and adventure outside. But her thoughts were broken up by a hushed voice. It sounded like Rock's voice. It said, Blueberry. She didn't respond. She remembered what Rock said. But then she heard it again, a bit more agitated this time. Blueberry. But it really was Rock. <laughs> he told her... My br- oh my god. He, he knew though. He, he told her that if it was some type of creature calling out her name, in his mind, he said it would use her real name. Okay. He's like, it wouldn't use these trail nicknames that they established for each other. So he was trying to get her attention. He wasn't, he, he knew why she didn't respond, yeah. but he also would justify like, this is why I said this, you know, and this is, you know, kind of explaining it. Not, even though it's like, there's not like a code, right? Like, there's isn't not like that a, why they came up with those names though. Uh, I don't think so. You sure. Unless it was rock. If it was rock's idea, probably. I bet it was. If it wasn't rock's idea, then they probably just, it was for fun. I could see it being, I could see the, I could see passion fruit and blueberry thing is for fun. And rock's mm-hmm. just like, good. <laughs> yes. We need codes. But he also told her that he heard the same tapping on his tent. Oh. And he mentioned that passion fruit said that she heard something running back and forth around their shelter. It was unexplainable to blueberry, but something was there. Something was happening to them and they were all terrified to use your words. This is bad. Juju. Yeah. Thank you. I wasn't even thinking that. So here's a quote from blueberry again. Quote, I felt the fear heavy in my chest. Time passed and we were all wide awake in our shelters. I got the thought that maybe this thing was feeding off our fear. And I started kind of chanting and singing my head to push out any other thought. Passion Fruit said that a mouse had been running around her tent. And honestly, I sighed because it felt like a needed touch of reality. Maybe we randomly camped in a mouse-infested area, and they were just messing with our stuff. I don't know. Maybe we're all worked up for no reason. With this hope, I forced myself to finally fall asleep. Unquote. You think it was just mice, Charlie? No, I don't. (laughs) So the next day, they discovered an old, strange boot covered in moss at their campsite. Which they found odd, but they also thought, okay, it was really, really dark the night before, and they were rushing to get everything together. Like they were hyper-focused on the tents, setting up, you know, getting as quickly as possible. So they thought maybe they just missed it. Yeah. yeah I think some probably just forgot a boot there. <laughs> um, but Blueberry noticed that Rock was very, very off. Uh, just not acting like himself at all. Very off-putting. More unusual than she's ever seen him. At one point on their hike, they met up with him. And the only word that she could use to describe him was disheveled as he was carving a ruin to bury into a fire pit for intentions. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. As Blueberry stated, he was more connected to the paranormal than the others. So she kind of shrugged it off as, like, okay, he's doing his thing. Maybe he was affected more strongly than we were. Or maybe he's doing this, you know, this is, this is his way of coping. Who am I to, you know, let him do his thing. So that pretty much summed up the paranormal aspects of their hike. And eventually, Rock was able to shake off kind of this disturbed state of mind that he was in. But a few days later, when they were far from wherever they set their camp, far from the crosses and all that area, he told them what he saw. Quote, he told us that the night he turned around and told us, don't run, don't whistle. And if you hear your name, no, you didn't. Because he saw a tall, gray, 
faceless figure following us. Do I believe him? I don't know. He's much more of a believer. I do believe and rely on passion fruit, though. I trust her with my whole life. That night, her experience differed from mine a bit. At one point, she said she felt ravenous and wild, like she wanted to strip her clothes off and run into the woods. Also, at another time, felt terrified and it landed on the same idea that it could be something feeding on our fear. She laid in her tent and recited the names of all the friendly people she'd met on her journey. And as she said, created a ball of positive energy around her to keep her safe. She also saw this creature. She said at one point she felt a presence at her head and it looked like her mother, but a much younger version of her. Unquote. <clears throat> so naturally, thinking back on it and sharing their own experiences and revelations left them feeling horrified. As a skeptic, there were still parts that Blueberry believes that there's a chance that they were just feeding off each other's energy and they were just riling each other up. And I think the further you get from an experience, the easier it is to kind of accept that. Um, so maybe as time passed, probably not for Rock. I think Rock's like sold. He knows, <laughs> he knows, he knows what went down. Um, but maybe for Blueberry, the further she gets away, the easier it is to be like, it was mice. It was just us freaking each other out. But she admits that she's never been more scared in her entire life. And she definitely felt like they were being stalked. Since that experience, she's even night hiked before. She's even night hiked alone. And she's never felt even a marginal amount of fear as she did that night with her friends. Kudos to go night hiking that and just, even alone. That feels like you're asking for it. But it's a different area, you know? Like, I, I don't think this is like an anywhere at any time at night. Like, this feels very particular. Yeah. I definitely want to pick your brain on that. I feel like, I hate to say, I feel like we talked about the first story. Yeah. Already. So we'll, the discussion will probably focus mostly on this story. Mm -hmm. But to lighten, to lighten up a little bit, before we get to the discussion, I was looking up other things about the Appalachian Trails. Okay. Just to see, you know, if there's any, you know, little things I could find. And there's, I mean, there's a lot about the Appalachian Trails. There's a lot of stuff. And I don't want to take too much from a potential other episode and, and just do it here half-assed. I did find, I want to shout out, it's BlueRidgeMountainsTravelGuide.com. Cool. And they got uh, seven things... Seven superstitions about the Appalachian, and I just want to share them with you. Okay, I'd love to hear them. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One, never close a knife you didn't open or you got bad luck for seven years. Never like a, close. Never. Like, so if your friend opens a knife, if you close it, that's bad luck. Yep. Or if okay. you find one. Or if you find one. Yeah. Two. In a tree. Keep a penny in your washer. In your what? Washer. Your, like a washer and dryer? Yeah, I always leave coins in my pockets when I have coins, so I think I'm good. Uh, okay, sure. Three, always go out the same door you came in. I heard that one before. Four, eat black-eyed peas or colored greens with hog jaw on New Year's Day. I don't have to worry about any of those. <laughs> Five, don't wash clothes on New Year's Day or you'll wash a family member out. Oh, but what if like it's really stinky? I don't have any answers for you. Okay. Six, don't sleep. You have more than one shirt. Six, don't sleep on New Year's. What? Ever? At um, all? I guess. Well, you probably... Past midnight. Oh. I think you gotta make it till midnight. 
Um, seven, don't do any canning or gardening on your period. Done. Yep. Eight, plant your crops under the full moon. Also, I don't have to worry about that. Nine, don't walk under a ladder. If you find yourself under one, don't turn around, back up. Okay. Ten, don't let anyone sweep under your feet. Okay. Eleven, never give someone a set of knives as a gift. If you give them to newlyweds, it will cut their love. What? No, okay. I've got knives as a gift, and mm. I, we're fine. Did you get it as, as a, a wedding present? Yes. Uh, oh. From my wife's dentist. You better start picking like some romantic dinners and getaways. <laughs> Good thing you're going to Scotland. Twelve, if a black cat crosses your path, turn around and go a different way. I love cats. You don't I realize love... that would be like every other day if you have a cat, black cat at home? Yeah, no, I think that's it's not nice to buy cats. 13, never repay salt that you've borrowed. Oh, okay. 14, if a bad storm is coming, put a two-edged axe into a stump facing the storm to ensure the storm goes around you. I don't have a two-edged axe or a stump. Well, thankfully, we don't have the worst storms here. That's true. And 15, if you spill salt, throw a pinch over your left shoulder so you won't have bad luck. I do that habitually. I've seen you do that. So with that said, let's go to the discussion. All right, before we get to the discussion, we like to stop the episode and thank our newest patrons as of the recording of this podcast, who are Larissa, Valeria, or Valera? Valeria. I like Valeria. Chloe, Emma, Ashley, and Connor. So for this segment, uh, we like to talk a little bit about some of our Patreon content. If you love the podcast and you want a little bit more extra stuff out there and you want to support the podcast, there's a lot out there. But we each like to highlight one thing during this time. Yep. Charlie, what would you like to highlight? And I hope it's not the same thing I'm thinking. I, what are you thinking? Really well, you quick. I don't want to steal yours. That's okay. I'll, I'll think on the fly. Okay. All right. So the thing I want to highlight really quickly is it's a game. Okay. <sighs> okay. It hasn't come out yet, but it will come out this month, I hope. It's a new game called Remembering the Bazaar. Mm-hmm. It's brand new. It's a new section of our Patreon. If you like our games, if you like our quiz especially, you're going to enjoy this. Because this is where producer Ben takes an old episode we've done. We've got 100-something to work from. And he quizzes us on how well Tyler and I remember the quiz. I, the like, game. It. I like it that we can play together with this, though. I like You said co-op. It's and, our first co-op and game. Ben's like, what's co-op? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's our first co-op game on our Patreon because usually it's either against us or it's not a game. Right. Yeah. So I like that we can work together. And we, we well, I don't want to spoil it. It was fun. Uh, the first one we did, which will be out shortly, mm-hmm. is our Slender Man as a Talp episode. Episode three. We, we never know what episodes Ben's going to pick. So it's it's exciting. And it's funny because like, I'll be honest, I don't listen to our episodes outside of Director's Cuts right. often. I have too many other podcasts to listen to, and I know Charlie editing. I'm so sick of our voices. Yeah. So it's it's crazy to be like, wow, I don't remember us saying that. Yeah. But then, you know, it's it's fun. It's, it, that's a good segment to choose for sure. The one that I'd like to highlight is our, and it's, it fits with what we're doing right now, our listener submission interviews. It doesn't always happen. You know, we can't force anyone to want to talk to us even more than they already have. But we like to have people that have submitted their stories to us come on and we interview them on Patreon 
dive deeper into the details, the things that maybe we glossed over. You know, in these episodes, we think of, we talk about what if they thought this or did they think about that? This is their opportunity to be like, yes, I did this or, oh, you know, I forgot to mention this in my story. It's always super insightful. It always goes way further into these creepy listener submission stories. And I think it's it helps with the community thing, too. Like, I love actually talking to these people. And for me, I, we get to hear the story from their perspective yeah. rather than us, you know, reading it and then telling it ourselves. It's cool to hear, like, how they really felt that moment. Right. So that is our Patreon. It is out there. It exists. There's multiple tiers, tons of bonus content. So if you like the podcast and you want to see what other kind of fun stuff we're doing, go check that out. But now let's get back to the discussion. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So one, I want to know what you heard on that. You can see why the TikTok thing. Oh yeah, that's, dude. When you said, it, I was just like, "Bruh, that's so relevant." That's literally the episode. Yeah. So I want to hear if there's anything you left out of that, and then I want to know what you think went down in them woods. Okay. So I don't know if there's much more to the. I don't know. There's a lot of dark, scary things in the Appalachian Mountains, and I think it's 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 old. It's an old area. Dusty. People lived for a long time before. Fort was, California. <laughs> before it was colonized. Yeah. Um, That's what I meant. And I think it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's ancient spirits or spirits people brought over, but something there. If I can explain any more about the whispering, because I, I just, I'm not from that area, so I don't know. The TikTok didn't, uh, the TikTok oh. was just hype. It didn't say what it was. No, they never do. They never tell you what it is. I'm I not on the TikTok. I don't know what they say. Yeah, they never elaborate on the Appalachian TikToks. I want to like know a more. Spooky, right? Cool. Kind of like and subscribe. They're like don't, don't follow the whispers. Yeah, but follow this channel. <laughs> Are the channels pages? Pages? Uh, pages. Pages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's a big attack. Right that's there. a good tag. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is like, who would it be? Would it be Ethan? A shout out, Ethan. Who would be the one that would come to us and be like, if you hear this, don't do this? Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan for sure. Or he'd be so distracted, he wouldn't, he'd be laughing, he wouldn't care. Yeah. But that's just like, that's one of the scariest things about it. Like, even, I don't know, even out of everything she experienced, like the noises are terrifying, the feelings, obviously, like the weight on her chest, the heaviness, like yeah. I, I can't quantify that because it's a feeling, you know, it's hard to explain a feeling, mm-hmm. but to have your friend who you trust, even if you think they go over the board over top, you know, mm-hmm. to say that to you. Yeah. It's really intense. I'd be, I would be angry for the lack of context. Yeah. Like if someone said that to me and then they went away, I'd be like, you can't, can't do that. I consider myself more of a passion fruit personally. I wonder why, why do you think he didn't stick with them? I, I don't know. Why didn't you just like stay in a group? Why not tell them? Well, I mean, I guess why he wouldn't want to tell them not to freak him out even more. He already freaked him out. But like, yeah. yeah, why not stay as a group? Group safety in numbers. Unless he was trying to scout out ahead and see if it got way worse, yeah. then he was going to run back and tell them to turn around. So maybe it was a scouting thing. You think he's like trying to protect them that way? That makes sense. I think it was, I'm going to go up ahead and see if things get worse. And if they do, I'll tell them to turn around. Yeah, we got to go back. Got to go back. I wonder, like, where did he see this gray 
faceless shadow. Like, I would imagine it, in the woods, just on like, the trail, on the side, in front of him, behind him. But just like to know, like if you like if you believe him and you're yeah. blueberry now, you're like, that's what I felt watching. Me. He's got to be more sensitive too. I think. I think he's got to be almost be able to see into the yeah. ether, the veil. So what about passion fruit getting this urge to just like strip her clothes? Very like primal and just run off into the wilderness. I think you just said it. I think it's primal. I think it's so lizard like, brain. The feeding, like it was like, it definitely seems like something out there was like messing with their vibe. Sounds like I'm yeah. 19 if I say that. No, but I understand. Like it's emotionally manipulating them. Yeah. That's uh, more like you're 31, too. Oh, yeah. 32. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's interesting that they all had it done in different ways yes. and, and to different degrees. Like maybe. I don't know. Just because Rock see, like believes the most doesn't necessarily mean he's the most sensitive. I would actually say the passion fruit might be the most sensitive. I would I would say it would go passion fruit, Rock, and then blueberry. Because she was getting I mean, who knows what he's feeling if he was so disheveled the next day. Mm-hmm. But if she was getting those type of urges, he was like a full protection mode. She was like potentially almost gonna let loose. Yeah. So I feel very I think it's very telling. That they both saw the same thing. Yes. Although she also saw, she saw that, but then she saw like a, a younger version of her mom. And that I think is the evil part. Mm. I think that's manipulation. So scary. It's like, I'm actually thankful. And I haven't been like, I've never been to a tremendously haunted place. Probably the most haunted place I've been to was uh, the Mansfield Reformatory. Yeah. But I like, I think I would be like Blueberry. I think I would get like the second hand. I'm hearing a noise. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling something. I don't think, and I haven't tested it, but I don't think I'd be the person that would see the gray mm-hmm. faceless thing. Or at least I hope not. But man, like regardless, they all had their own experiences. Enough of it lines up, but it's all so scary. Yeah. Where do you land on the believability scale for these episodes? Both stories? Yeah, yeah. Believ- believable. Yeah. Yeah, believable. 100%. There's, I mean, we got multiple witnesses. It's... uh and it's just you can see the overlap too. The three friends, mm-hmm. multiple layers of believability. Yeah, they go on this trip. They experience something. A really good pair, ironically. Well, in the first story, right? They investigate the area afterward. There's nothing that explains nothing, it. nothing. And in the second one, it's this well-known haunted, haunted to an extent. The Appalachian place. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of folklore for sure. Mm-hmm. But I agree, 100 percent believable. So that is our episode, The Phantom Blue Light and Faceless Gray Shadow Men. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for submitting your stories. These are excellent stories. So scary. You could see what I mean. You are put in the position of the storyteller, and I love it. They're great. I love listening to them. And if you like listening to them as well, please go on Apple and leave a five-star and a review. That would mean a whole lot to us. Yes. And if you're listening on Spotify, leave a five-star rating. And there's always that, what did you think about that episode on this now, which I love and I love, I literally read through all your responses and publish them. I have to publish them. I think I might put out there another one for this. It's like, what do you think they experienced? So if you have a strong feeling, look for that on Spotify. I think that question will be out there because I want to know what you guys think. But thank you everybody so much for listening. We got some cool, new, exciting things coming up in the next next week for us, next couple weeks for us, next couple months. So we appreciate everybody supporting us, everybody listening. It means a lot. As always, I'm Tyler. And I'm Charlie. And catch us next week on Believing the Bizarre. The podcast as bizarre as you are.
Oh, that's interesting that she said 2012, but then in here she said it takes place in 2010. All right, now I'm confused. I know. You know, cut the story. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 